Beth and I'm a psychological wellbeing practitioner from Newcastle. I just wanted to say the biggest thank you to the contributors of the Clinical Psychologist Collective book. I've enjoyed reading this so much and loved having an insight into the range of backgrounds and experiences people have prior to applying for the doctorate and it's been really interesting seeing the potential barriers to the application as well and how I can try and work around this. I really started to doubt myself and whether I was good enough to apply for the clinical psychology doctorate but this has really given me the confidence boost that I needed to give it a shot so the biggest thank you ever. If you're looking to become a psychologist Then let this be your guide With this podcast at your side You'll be on your way to being qualified It's the Aspiring Psychologist Podcast With Dr. Marianne Trent Hi, welcome along to the Aspiring Psychologist podcast. I am Dr. Marianne Trent and I'm a qualified clinical psychologist. So if you're listening to this in the first week of its release, then you might well be aware that in the UK, the clearinghouse applications have not long closed. They closed on the 16th of November. So you might be listening to this, trying to think about, you know, ah, my application's gone in. Now I've got to wait till spring. Or you might, you know, might not have chosen to apply this year or not been eligible to apply this year or not maybe even thinking about going down the clinical psychology route. Um, But you could be experiencing a number of different thoughts and feelings whilst you're listening to this episode. So I just wanted to, to get on board with whatever you are feeling and thinking. And if you want to talk about it, do come and join us in the Aspiring Psychologist Community Group and let's talk about it in there. So today I thought we'd think about finding your tribe and why that can be so important. So come to a psychology career, you'd usually need to be at least beyond the age of 21. Um, You're usually post degree. So you might already have had experiences, um, good or bad, in your secondary education, your sixth form education and your undergraduate and maybe even your postgraduate education that have felt either good or bad in terms of feeling well connected, well supported and well understood by those around you. You might feel like you're in a really good position where you already have your tribe lined up. Um, I certainly spent the weekend um, with three of my tribe, um, people that I met at undergraduate university. So I had course friends, psychology friends, and I had the housemates that I lived with. And so I was with my housemates this weekend. And it was a lots of fun. And I definitely, as I said, consider them my tribe. But they're not necessarily my psychology tribe, because none of them were studying psychology and none of them work in um, that sphere. But I know I spoken before in one of the early episodes about my experiences of working um, in a local government um, agency makes it sound slightly more exciting than it was makes it sound like I'm kind of some sort of um, yeah Will Smith character but 
<laughs> that's not the case but I was lurking, working for local government um, and yeah I just felt like I didn't really have my tribe around me at that stage so all of my psychology friends were living in different areas of the country I wasn't yet working in a psychology service um, and I just was feeling quite lonely and quite isolated um, if I was offering advice to myself now <laughs> for then. I think that's what this episode is going to be. Um, and it might be useful for you right now, it might be useful for you in the future, or it might be useful for people that you meet along the way. So I'm going to be taking you through a few different steps and stages that might be useful um, for you or someone you know, um, for making the most of where you're at right now to to just optimally feel supported, understood, validated, seen, heard, um, and like, yeah, like people know you, see you, and are on your page. That's what I think about um, as your tribe being. So, with no further ado, let's crack on. So, I think the first stage is to think about well, who are they? You know, you might want to think about making a list about if you were being optimally supported, seen, understood, validated, who and what would be doing that for you? Would it be stuff professionally? Would it be stuff personally? You know, or would it be, you know, a mixture of those things? Um, might even be something spiritual or religious or faith-based for you. But if you had to kind of get a nice big bit of paper um, and just, you know, just encourage yourself to freeform doodle if you like um, or note take if that's more up your um, up your street who and what areas of your life might that include um, that you'd want to, to cultivate so for me at the time um, I guess you know I had a partner at the time and we had an active social life in that regard but I was probably a bit lonely you know I think one of my friends previously seen quite a lot of had a young child and so we did that but we didn't necessarily do the socializing in the same way so I think I was a bit lonely um, and feeling a bit career isolated so you know this was in the late 2000s and things have moved on somewhat since then so I'm gonna I'm gonna advise myself and forward slash you about what things you can do right now um, that might be useful so one of them obviously is thinking about whether you can join groups um, and that might be groups in person. It might be groups, um, you know, remotely. It might be joining Facebook groups. It might be joining, I don't know, different communities um, online that don't involve Facebook. Um, it might involve, you know, joining clubs as well. So at this stage of my life, I decided that I would drag a friend along and we'd learn to do Chinese cookery. So we went to an evening class and learned that. So there might be some other skills and some other ways that you can connect and have fun and enjoy things um, that might not look like you might imagine they would look. Um, so I was looking on my local recovery and well-being academy, for example, recently. And on that, there's loads and loads of free courses that you can go to or that you can refer your clients to as well. Um, that sound really exciting, you know, really nice opportunities to learn things and to do things um, that you might not have experienced before. And similarly, um, in the adult education provision near you. So if you were to Google 
adult education in whichever is your nearest city or town. There might well be stuff that you can look through there. And, you know, you could learn another language. You could do some cookery. You could do some baking. You could do some craft. Um, some of my clients enjoy, I don't know, metalwork and glass fusion and all sorts of stuff like glass blowing. Um, there's many, many opportunities for you to do new things. And they don't always need to be massively costly things as well so could you look at what um what activities or clubs or groups you could join and of course it might well include looking out for any local research groups or any local assistant psychologist or aspiring psychologist groups and it, i'd be remiss if i wasn't to say that people have made nice connections through the aspiring psychologist membership as well so that might be a group that you might like to consider joining details are in the show notes what you might find during all of this process is that throughout this, you find yourself as well. Um, and maybe you realise it was yourself you were looking for all along. Um, but you might exacerbate that by perhaps joining part of a therapy group. Um, or I think when I was um, an aspiring psychologist, sometimes there were like dynamic um, group therapies that you could join and if you were a student there was lower cost options available as well so it might be worth googling whether that might be a possibility for you or of course you might be able to enter into a one-to-one -one therapy relationship which might well help you um, now but might well help you professionally as well so that's something else to explore so let's take this opportunity to have a little break um, and I'll be back along very shortly Welcome back along. Thank you for sticking with me. I hope you're finding the content useful. Can't quite believe we're at episode 50. Um, I don't know where the time is going, but it's been a lovely journey. And thank you for all of the kind words about our recent episodes. And like I said, in episode 49, if you are an aspiring psychologist and you've got a useful or interesting story or take on the world, then do please get in contact with me. Um, and we'll see whether we can get um, a podcast episode happening with you at the centre of it to provoke and encourage important and useful conversations for people. Okay, so in the first half, we've covered um, three forward slash four um, different points for thinking about finding your tribe. And in this section, we have three more. So we're going to go through three more ways that you might be able to find your tribe or things to consider when finding your tribe along the way. So the next one is saying yes. Um, if you can, you know, when you're offered opportunities at work, if it feels a little bit scary, um, but just about within your comfort zone, then could you say yes? Um, you know, could you explore what that might you know, look like for you? Or when you're offered chances to do things socially, you know, could you say yes to that? 
Um, or if someone does phone you up out of the blue and say, do you fancy a Chinese cookery course? Could you say yes to that? Um, so obviously, make sure you're staying safe, make sure you're looking after yourself, making wise choices. But what could you say yes to? And when you're offered things and you immediately think, no, what might that be about? You know, of course, you get to choose and you get to say no. And if you really don't want to do things, you don't have to do them. But if we notice that we're having an immediate, oh, no, I can't or I shouldn't or I mustn't, it might be worth just exploring and gently pressing the edges of what that might be about. Um, so just to be a little bit more playful, a little bit more curious as you consider what you could say yes to or what you could say gonna just give that a go and see what I think too rather than you know out and out saying no to something so that's just another little option another little idea and the next of our suggestions is reflection so could you use your reflective journal or just your general musings whilst you're stuck at traffic lights or driving along the motorway um, to think about all of this process, really, to think about your experiences. You might well find it helpful to listen to the episode where I talk about um, important people I have met along the way. And if you wanted to have a listen to that, that's episode 33 of the Aspiring Psychologist podcast. But reflection really is the thing that's going to make the difference for you in terms of I don't know, being at peace with yourself, I think. So I feel like I am constantly reflecting, but in a way that feels really comforting. It doesn't feel critical. It feels helpful and exploratory. And like I'm on my own team, it doesn't feel like I'm trying to knock myself down, you know, quite the opposite. If I have an idea, I think, oh, you know, how could you make that happen? Well, what's holding you back? What's stopping you from doing that? Um, and, you know, how might you benefit from having that as your inner monologue rather than something that might feel a bit more mean? Um, so, yeah, if you would find it helpful, please do have another listen to the episode on um, compassion as well. And that is episode four. Knew it was. I had to check. <laughs> um, okay, yeah, get, getting to be... Uh, quite the expert with these episode numbers but don't like to falsely signpost you so yeah it's just reflection 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 in a way that feels not overwhelming in a way that feels like you're not being overly neurotic um it's just I don't know like a nice companion almost like I can have a chat with myself I can have a chat with someone that has the same values as me and wants the same things. I guess it's about becoming your own best friend. Um, and I never, never feel lonely, you know, when you're your own best friend. But it's also about, um, you know, challenging yourself to get out there and make new friends and to, you know, have those opportunities. So, you know, absolutely, if you're more of an introvert and you like to keep yourself to yourself, that's okay. But when we do say no more often, you know, there might be less opportunities for us to find the joy or to find new experiences and find our tribe along the way. And certainly, you know, when I was working as an assistant psychologist, many of the people who um, I was working with as fellow assistants now form part of my sort of daily tribe, even now I'm qualified. Um, and again, people that I've 
that I did my training with um, that were part of my tribe then continue to be part of my tribe now. And even um, two of those in the last couple of days I've spoken to as well. So um, these might not necessarily be relationships just for now that you're cultivating. These might be longer term, maybe forever relationships as well. So when we're looking at different um, qualities of relationships. I don't know if you've heard this, but um, we can think about friends for a reason, friends for a season, and friends for a lifetime. And sometimes we'll have disappointments when we realize that what we thought was friends for a lifetime became friends for a season. Okay, so friends for a reason we often think about as being for a specific kind of purpose that you've expressed. So for example, if you're going through grief or if you had, um, you know, someone who's unwell, then you might seek out people who have similar experiences. And so there's a reason that brought you together. A season might be, you know, whilst you have kids in the same primary school or whilst you're working in a certain workplace or, you know, whilst you're living next door or nearby to somebody. Um, and friends for a lifetime could be any of those who then become longer term friends. So your friends for a lifetime might be someone that you went to primary school with, it might be someone that you went to secondary or uni with, and they suddenly, you know, they go past the point where it was for a reason, they go past the point where it's for a season because that thing changes, and then they progress into friends for a lifetime. So for example, if I reflect on some of my assistant um, psychologist um, friendships, then initially it was um, friends for a reason, <laughs> shared a car to the same university to look around um, an open day. Um, and then it became friends for a season because we used to meet for lunch while we were working there. And now it's friends for a lifetime because we're choosing to make time for each other, even though when we first met, it was, you know, fast approaching 15, 16, 17 years ago, something like that. So, you know, we weather the storm and we choose to make time for each other. Um, and that's how your tribe becomes formed. So when it goes perhaps from reason to season to lifetime and, you know, but you can still have a tribe who don't choose to, to keep in the long term, who you just use really mindful ways of connecting to this season or this reason. Um, but yeah, it's useful to have at any time, I think, a group of people in your life that are reason, a group of people in your life that are season, and a group of people that are lifetime, because you get a different energy around all of that. So what do you think? What do you think to this? I would love to know. Um, and of course, the final point is that we can recalibrate at any point. So if we do feel like we are missing some of these people in certain areas of our lives, we can recalibrate and reach out and change it. So yeah, I do hope you found that useful. My whistle stop tour through tribe making. Um, and yeah, I would love your thoughts, as I say. Um, and yeah, please do check out um, what other people also say in the Aspiring Psychologist um, Collective and the Clinical Psychologist Collective. I've got lots of great guest episodes coming up for the Aspiring Psychologist podcast soon. If you've got any in mind that you would find useful, then please do get in contact with me via the podcast page on my website, which you can find details in the show 
notes or it is www.goodthinkingpsychology.co.uk forward slash podcast and then you can also find out how to leave audio testimonials just with a few clicks of your mouse um, by um, that same page that same site so thank you so much for listening please do rate and review the podcast it's always so appreciated and I'll look forward to catching up with you for our next episode which is available to you from 6am on Monday Don't set your alarm. It'll be there when you're ready. Take care. If you're looking to become a psychologist, then let this be your guide. With this podcast at your side, you'll be on your way to being qualified. It's the Aspiring Psychologist Podcast. With Dr. Marianne Trent. My name is Diakolola Amujo. I am a recent psychology graduate from Ireland. I am also an aspiring clinical psychologist. Dr. Marion's book, The Clinical Psychologist Collective, has been so helpful to me on this journey to becoming a clinical psychologist. As I plan to continue postgraduate studies in the UK, I found it extremely useful that this book provided in-depth information on the UK DeClinSci application process. I enjoyed reading about the experiences of both qualified and trainee clinical psychologists. The various narratives were my favorite part of the book as everyone's story was different and it provided amazing insights into the clinical psychology journey. I would definitely recommend this book to anyone interested in psychology and aspires to become a clinical psychologist.